What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Kicking Shits. Thanks for listening in again. Uh, this time we're on episode 13. Uh, this episode, I have my buddy Bailey in here. I've known this guy for a couple years. We went on a fun-ass trip to Colorado back in 2020 before, well, kind of right when COVID was hitting. Touched on a little bit. Overall great time. Overall great conversation. I fucking love this man. I find him pretty smart. We touched on politics. We touched on gaming. We touched on a little scheming. Uh, but... I guess you'll figure that out if you're already listening to this. Anyway, let me shut the hell up and let the episode go. Enjoy. Did you hear about that book from Joe Rogan? Well, honestly, I heard about it from a couple people, but yeah, he fucking brought it up like a dozen times. Yeah, and I, I'm I, familiar with it only because of that, but I don't know anything about it other than that. I uh, I saw it in the store, and I was like, oh shit, I hear about this fucking constantly, and I know it's like a... A mental step book, mm-hmm. so might as well pick it up. And honestly, it's pretty good. The fucking four agreements. I believe it. Cause um, I always forget one of them. But so the first one is to be impeccable with your word. The second one is to not take anything personally. Uh, the third one is to not make assumptions. And I always forget the fucking fourth one. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, man, I take a lot of shit personally that I don't yeah. have to. And uh, I'll be sitting at work, thinking to myself about bullshit that happened in the past, or like how someone was talking to me, and I was, I'd be like, man, that guy was kind of a fucking dick. And then I'd think, like, oh, wait, I'm taking that personally. Let me try to go third-person view from this yeah. and just not have my own bias. And honestly, it helps a lot. It uh, stops my constant, like, oh, he said this. Oh, what a dick. Oh, he said this. I can't yeah. <laughs> believe he said this. What a dick. It stops that because I'm like, I'm just being a little bitch about it. Yep. It's really easy to do that from a third-party perspective, too. Like, when it's not you, like, you notice other people taking things personally. That Like, you know, you could probably just make the assumption that the other person's having a bad day or something. Yeah. But it's a lot easier to make that assumption when they're not taking it out on you. Exactly. Well, welcome to the closet, Bailey. Thank you. To kicking shits. We're fucking out here. You want to tell the folks a little bit about yourself? Oh, boy. I know. You can tell as little or as much as you want. Some people, fucking Ben just went off on a whole rant when he was talking about himself. Yeah. Gave his whole government name and all that. And I was <laughs> like, damn, all right. Date of birth. <laughs> Social security number. Exactly. Here's my IP address real quick. Yep. Um, I didn't have a prepared statement. Oh, you're good. Not everything has to be prepared. Yep. First day of class, they're like, all right, you. All right, me. Well, I'm Bailey. Um, I'm pretty into politics. I met Mike through our mutual friend, Ben, who I lived with for a time in college. Uh, Both real homies. Always a pleasure. I like politics. Probably going to get into it eventually. Is there anything you like other than politics? (laughs) Not much. Uh, I'm a PC guy. Um... He was just telling me about how he got the Steam Deck. The Steam Deck, yep. How's your experience been with it so far? Well, I could evangelize on that for this entire podcast, uh, but it's very cool. It's basically a Linux gaming computer, so it's a laptop, but it has the controls and everything, and Valve, the manufacturer, did a really good job doing the input software, so you can do... It's got gyroscopes, it's got trackpads you can use for fine aiming and the joysticks, and the neatest thing is that they developed the software alongside it uh, so you can run Windows games on Linux. So you can take... Shit. Woo. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, the laptop's fine. All the cables good, are fine. But, uh, you can run Linux? 
Yeah, the neatest thing about it is that it runs Linux, but Valve made a compatibility tool to run um, Windows Windows games on Linux pretty well. So, uh, if you do enough tinkering with that, you can get like pretty much any game made. Like for the most part, I'd say easily ninety five percent of video games ever created, you could get running on the Steam Deck. Because anything older than, like, the PlayStation 3, you can get emulators for. Like, I yeah. have Skate 3 running on that for a PS3 emulator. It runs flawlessly, like, 60 FPS in a handheld. Like, you could probably play it for three, four hours on full battery life. I don't know. What have you been playing a lot lately? lately. I know you said you kind of got it because of uh, Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. I was telling you about that. But yep. lately, what have you been on? I played a good amount of that. I played a Disco Elysium. It's really cool if you've heard of that. I haven't, no. It's like a story-based game. It's really like exploratory. So it takes place maybe 50 years or so after a failed revolution attempt. So it's like the world is kind of in decay after that. And then you play as like a, a cop with total amnesia. You like wake up you know, from being blackout drunk. In America, I'm assuming? Uh, no, it's in, like, a fictional city. Gotcha. Um, it's more European, but uh, you're investigating, like, a homicide, and you run into, like, a racist lorry drivers, truck drivers and stuff, and you talk to them, and they'll tell you about, like, their, you know, racial ideology, and it, it's it's a very political game, uh, but it's, like, a... It's in, like, a choose-your-own-adventure, like... Like, it, format? It, yeah, it does a really good job of, like, presenting it all to you neutrally. It's just, like, you meet these characters with different ideals, and it, like, shifts your perspective on, like, the things that are going down. There's a an ongoing strike uh, between the harbor workers and, like, their employers, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then the truck drivers are outside. So it, does a, it just does a really good job of giving you, like, the whole picture. Like, the workers are on strike for these reasons that are very good, but the union leader is a little bit corrupt. And, like, you need to be getting, you know, the shipping in. So there's, like, that facet to it. And then they're kind of screwing over all these truck drivers who are just stuck outside of the harbor. So Mm. it, like, just kind of takes all these ideas and, like, presents them all, like, you know, as positively as you can. Like I said, it touches on racism a bunch. So you can't – there's – you can only be so objective when you're, you know, trying to describe racist characters and stuff. Like, they're kind of piece of shit regardless. That's an interesting take on a video game is, like, a a social – like a big social issue, basically, is like the whole dealing with the union and all that. I don't know. I never would have really figured that to be much of a video game. It's called Disco... Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium. E-L-Y-S-I-U-M. Nice. But, yeah, it is It is very cool. It just puts you in, like, the middle of a kind of hectic situation in a town, you know, ravaged by whatever the economy's post, uh, post-failed revolution. Yeah. But. No, it's cool. Um, otherwise, yeah, Fallout New Vegas is one of the early ones I played on that. Same with that one. I played a little bit of the other Fallout games. Lately, I put a... Uh, Valve also partnered with iFixit to make guides on how to like replace everything in it. Oh, no shit. Cool. Hell so, yeah. Yeah, they, like, you can look up an SSD replacement guide that like Valve officially you know, helped create. Like said, this is the right way to replace the SSD. And then they nice. offer... like You can get the f- software directly from them to like reflash it. So you can just buy a new, like I bought the 64 gigabyte model for 400 bucks, and then you can buy a terabyte SSD of that size and just put it in and there and in. flash the hard drive. Damn. And, yeah, and it's totally allowed. Like the manufacturer doesn't quite encourage it. Yeah, uh, does your warranty break if you get one? They actually said that the warranty only breaks if they uh, have evidence that like you broke it. Like So if you mm. break a fan opening it up or something, like that's not covered under warranty. But if you open it up and then like... You know, the screen just goes black or starts flickering or some other unrelated issue. 
as long as it's unrelated, like you're in the clear. If if you put a bad drive in it, then that's on you. But... Yeah. I wonder how they tell that. Of course, with like breaking the fan, there's obviously where whatever slots that it goes in, they can check if the threads are fucked mm-hmm. or whatever the hell. But I always wonder about the the stipulations and the loopholes on return policies. Yeah. Because I got I I know quite a few people who do return scams at Walmart. <laughs> where they'll go and they'll buy like a brand new Xbox controller to replace theirs. They'll bring it home, open it up, put their old one in the case, take the new one out, and then bring that back and be like, I open this up and it doesn't fucking work. I got the receipt right here. They're not going to open up the controller and check the serial number because it's obviously different. They're just going to be like, okay, fuck you. I make $10 an hour. I don't care. Put this in the back. Here's $70 on a store credit card. And then you do the same thing again. So I think about, uh, I think about little. Little conniving thief ways that shit like that can happen. So that's a, cool. That's cool. <clears throat> I had a teacher in high school who would uh, buy PS4s with the Best Buy price match at at Walmart, price matching Best Buy's price, and he'd buy them in the back, and then just like stuff the receipt in his pocket, and then go walk up to the front desk and be like, "I bought this the other day. I don't have a receipt for it," and they'd give him the full price and in-store credit. So Damn! My uh, price matched. Get the yeah. Just get it all back in in-store credit. So dude's he, making in-store credit profit right there. Yep, that's he, crazy. He'd get like four hundred bucks in Walmart gift cards for a three hundred dollar, you know, take in. <laughs> okay. See, little things like that, I fucking love. I'd hate to own the the store and have that happen. Given if it's a fucking Walmart, your your profit exactly. is going crazy and blah 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 blah. blah. But uh, I don't know. That's neat. Okay. No harm stealing from Walmart. Yeah. For legal purposes, this is a joke. Yes. <laughs> Purely a joke. Yes. I do not advocate for theft. However, if you check my history. <laughs> no. I had a conversation with someone the other day about how um, it was one of my coworkers. They were telling me about how they were at Walmart and they were checking out. They got two carts full of stuff. And this lady has like three kids or whatever. And uh, she got two carts because she was doing her weekly stuff her weekly shopping trip or whatever when she got paid. And so she goes and she starts scanning items and she's hearing the beep, beep, beep as she's scanning them in, putting them in the, the bag, putting them in the cart. And she looks up at the end of it and it only says $47. For some reason, it like stopped at an item uh, counting up the, the money, but every time she slid in another item, it still beeped. So she had <laughs> no concept that it wasn't doing. And she's like, and I'm not a thief, but... I sure paid that $47 for that $300 worth of shit from Walmart. And I was like, you're not a thief, you're an opportunist. That's that's the way you got to word it, you know. Yep. And it's Walmart. I mean, if it's their mistake, and with that one, it's a little sketchier because you're not, like, actually ringing it up. But, like, if if a big company like that makes a mistake, like, I don't, I absolutely don't think it's on the consumer to correct it. Um, Like, for example, a company that shall remain nameless, um, I bought a, a VR headset from, and, well, I bought a few because I was maybe going to resell them. I ended up just selling them to, like, friends, and I gave one to my dad. Uh, uh, but I ended up just selling them for, like, what I bought them for, not even yeah. trying to get profit out of them. But they, uh, <clears throat> I bought a head strap that broke, like, almost immediately. Like, it was pretty uh, defective. Like, it was pretty well known on the internet. That Were they, they did Oculus that. headsets? Uh, no. Gotcha. Maybe. <laughs> um but yeah, the head strap was terrible and I had bought that and it cracked. And so they required like a serial number and everything and for the RMA process to get a new one. 
or and I just wanted a refund, so I emailed back and forth a little bit, and they're like, all right, send it in, and in three weeks, you know, you'll get a new one. I'm like, well, I'd rather you just refund me if the new one's just going to break like this one did. Yeah. I'll buy a different one because it sucks. And they just stopped responding to my emails. I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, I just kind of didn't deal with it. And then a week or two later, a whole VR headset arrives on my uh, on my porch because you had to put in the serial number for, like, the VR headset, even though I was just trying to RMA the strap. Yeah. And, like, in the email communications, like, they knew what I was talking about. Like, I even selected it from the dropdown and everything. But uh, <clears throat> for whatever reason, they're telling me that for a refund, I need to send it in, and they're not even going to refund me. They're just going to send it back. Like, they wouldn't play ball with me on Weird. the refund I wanted. Okay. Uh but then they accidentally sent me a whole $400 headset. And I'm like, well, and my dad said that I should send it back to him or let him know about their mistake. I'm like, why would I do that? <laughs> like, this is a huge, like, company that has, you know, a whole litany of unethical things that they've done. Like, almost everybody knows about it. Yeah. And, like, they accidentally send me one, and I'm just supposed to be like, oh, hey, multi-million dollar corporation run by a billionaire. Um, Do you want your $400 headset back that you accidentally <laughs> sent to me? I'll pay postage. But so no, I don't. I don't think there's any harm done by capitalizing off of the mistakes of companies and people like that. If someone loses their job, that sucks. But I don't think me offering to send it back is gonna help them get their job back. Yeah, exactly. They still fucked up in the first place, and the it, the managers will still look at that as a slight and a fuck up forever oh, on their. On and if their anything, work. emailing them back about it is just drawing attention to the employee that fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> They'd probably rather you just take the fucking headset. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe they even did it on purpose. They could write it off or some bullshit. Rat. Oh my god. You know what's crazy? I uh, I said write it off, and I immediately thought of this. But you know how you always get asked when you go to like the grocery store, or a lot of times like McDonald's will do it, uh, where they're like, "Hey, would you like to round up your order? Like you're buying fifty eight thirty worth of shit. They're like, you want to put it, that seventy cents to." make a wish or something and you know everybody's like oh yes i love ch- i'll give to charity all this and and you you click yes and think nothing of it think you're doing good but the companies are just taking your money and donating it so that they can get tax breaks you see and, and i haven't done too much research into this but i actually shared a meme that was exactly that and it got fact checked it's the like one of the only things i've ever posted that it's gotten fact checked really and yeah instagram says it's not true it says that that's like an actual donation coming from you and that they don't get to write that off on their taxes really but yeah according to the instagram fact checkers because mm. <laughs> i saw that one i'm like ooh, it humbled me a little bit like i <laughs> saw a meme and believed it but, Damn, I've been telling people that. <laughs> if that's wrong, <laughs> then I've been telling lies for years. Let's yeah. go. I, I mean, I'm not here to. But I can to... see that being the case. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, of course, they probably have some contract with like St. Jude or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. for the thing. But uh, I don't know. I feel like there'd be some. Maybe they take a little off the top. I have no fucking <laughs> idea. I want to. It's easy to demonize corporations. I mean, arguably in in the later stage capitalism that we are in, you probably fucking should. Uh, of course. But, of course, of course. But some regulations are actually in place. I don't know. Damn it. Now I have to look into that to see if I've been lying no, to people. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not here to try to discredit you from an intellectual standpoint. It just, literally, I posted a meme and it got fact-checked. Yeah. So, and, you know, as a... As someone who is not um, right-leaning, like, you're not, like, I'm not going to be quick to just be like, oh, the fact check? That's complete bullshit. Yeah. I, I mean, I think more or less they're generally pretty accurate. Typically but, accurate. 
They I'd can, like to think. Yeah. Uh, but the fact checkers themselves have to have a bias. Oh, of They're course. They're human. You know what I mean? I've seen an interesting argument that, uh, like, at some point, and I don't remember why it was, but at some point, culturally, we just started expecting the media to be non-biased. Yeah. Like, so we, but it used to be prior to that that, like, everyone just knew that the media had its biases. Like, you read from, like, for example, like, you watch Fox News, you know Fox News is going to be, like, have a conservative bias. You know CNN's going to have a liberal bias. Mm -hmm. So, like, you see them report on a story, and I used to think that maybe it's important to get, like, all sides, but I think I've gotten a lot better. Like, I can see a story that Fox News reports on, and I'll read through it, and I'll, like, start realizing, like, okay, well, that's a little bit of a you know, lenient detail. Like yeah. maybe, maybe you're not elaborating here and you're focusing on one part of it that is it really that big of a deal when you like abstract it and think about what they're actually saying? Oh, like yeah. they're just kind of charging it. To well, the, the big indicators are the adjectives they put in front of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like insane liberal, <laughs> this person went to Starbucks and didn't tip a dollar. It's like the fact that they had insane liberal in front, yep. you know, just gets the blood pumping. I have this ad, I, at work, I have a ton of fucking downtime because all I need is my hands. I don't have to really think. So uh, <laughs> on one of the printing presses, I can fit my phone perfectly, and I watch podcasts and YouTube videos and all sorts of shit. I get this uh, YouTube ad now all the time where it's these people are selling a watch, and they're like, we are giving away this watch for free. And it's like, it's like some old on a chain gold stopwatch that you'd see fucking Captain Hook have or some shit like that. And it's like, we're giving away this watch for free. And it's making liberals furious. <laughs> Here's why. And by then, the five seconds is up, and I can skip the ad every fucking time. Because I know that's their tactic. You know what I mean? They just throw in the, the key words. I saw it a lot in the, the midterm. Uh, Crazy liberal the, Tony Vargas. Yeah, and then they Nancy flash Pelosi's a picture of AOC. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. You're clearly just pandering to the old fucking white people who are. I can't believe it works on people. Just like yeah, they slap a flyer in your mail. Crazy liberal, like that charged language just seems so like, like you're not making any argument there. Like no. it, it's purely just like this person is dumb. It's just trigger words. <laughs> exactly. God forbid you say uh, conservatives have trigger words. Yeah, they well, like to. <laughs> that's the typical joke where they're like, "Oh, you triggered snowflake." Yep. Da -da. It's like you're, the <laughs> and I see it. I see it uh, pointed out by like feminists pretty often that uh, it's kind of been established socially that you know women are the more emotional of the sexes, and it's like well the only reason that it's been branded that way is because anger isn't broadly recognized as an emotion by yeah. men. Like That's women not, are more emotional, but that. men get butt hurt. Like at least some men get butt hurt over like anything. Like you, plenty of people who will you know talk about triggered SJW liberal snowflakes and. And all that, like, they'll get, like, legitimately angry when they hear that, you know, a doc the Dr. Seuss Foundation pulled, like, some racist books from yeah. the whatever decade. And, like, but they're mad about it. They're like, well, how could you do this? This is an attack on our, you know, culture or whatever. It's like, the Dr. Seuss Foundation decided to pu stop publishing some books. I don't know what you want from me. Yeah. Like, wh Is that really <laughs> impacting your life? I really don't fucking think so. Bitch, you haven't read Dr. Seuss since kindergarten, so calm down. And nobody's read the two, three, whatever books that they got rid of that I think it was just racist caricatures of Asian people. Yeah. It's like the only reason is like, well, it's not even books anyone cares about. So <laughs> nobody cares. Why do you? I saw this video on uh, Dr. Seuss's darker work and uh, 
not like the stereotypical Asian depictions yeah. and shit like that, but like Dr. Seuss style, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good word to describe it, but like dis, if like Starbelly Sneetches is like happy and like comparative, this would be like gloomy and mm-hmm. despair. The but Tim Burton of the kind of uh, yeah yeah like we could say Doctor Seuss's Tim Burton collection, yeah, but it, it's still phase. like some fucking uh, Starbelly Sneetch looking ass creature walking along these stairs with like death behind him or some weird shit <laughs> like that. And that was something I never even thought of. I never even thought of how the range of his artwork has to go. And uh, I don't know. I just thought that was pretty interesting. Dr. Seuss is crazy. Yeah, I don't know that much about him, but I know he's a wacky dude. What's your favorite Dr. Seuss book? Don't really have one. If Uh, you had to pick... Green Eggs and Ham is probably the most prominent one from my childhood. Okay. It's, yeah, I mean, that or Cat in the Hat. And then there, I'm sure I'd recognize a good number of them, but... I don't know. The Lorax was a decent movie. Yeah. My favorite for, like, books tied between uh, The Lorax and Oh, The Places You'll Go. Those are, like, my favorite, too. I love The Lorax because of the story. And the movie was pretty good. I love Danny DeVito as The Lorax. That was fucking perfect. I didn't even realize. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> man. It's so good. Danny DeVito is incredibly cool. His, like, real-life politics are awesome. Oh, yeah. I saw him on... Um, oh, I saw him on some podcast because... Uh, he produced that show coming out, I think on Hulu, about like the Devil's Daughter. If you've seen that, the an- it's an animated series or whatever. But I saw something about him promoting that, and he's he's still just as funny. It's so good. I binge watched uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia like earlier this year, yeah. and so I just got Frank on the mind. <laughs> I fucking love Frank. And they were talking to his daughter about like how weird is it being. Like, her last name's not DeVito anymore because she was married off, but, like, how weird was it being a DeVito? And she's like, honestly, it it was all right. I didn't mind a lot of it. They're like, was there anything weird? And she was like, well, when he came out of the couch butt naked, it was a little uh, <laughs> it was a little odd, but uh, I don't know. You kind of got past it. I was like, yeah. Couldn't imagine having a daughter see, <laughs> see all that, you know what I mean? Uh and she probably never gets recognized as a family member either because exactly. he's so peculiar looking. Exactly. She's got um, – she, like, voices the the daughter of Satan who's, like, the main character hmm. in the show. So it's kind of cool that they're, uh, they're, like, keeping it in the family, if you will. Yeah. And that's – uh, I think about that a lot, about how uh, people in families tend to uh, – they find a normalcy in the field of work that their mom, their dad, their grandparents are in. And so they kind of get into it too. And uh, that stems in basically every type of workforce. Like we, uh, we talk about how there's political families all the time, Mm -hmm. like the Clintons, the Bushes, uh, fucking Biden, you know what I mean? Uh, But then like where I work, the, the guy who owned it, now he's given it down to his children some of his children are having children, and they're like, yeah, my kid's definitely going to get in here. Yep. And I, I can see that. Like, I hate it when it's <laughs> when it's higher-ups, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, ah, give me that opportunity. But then when I see it in, in instances like this, I'm like, yeah, give them that. Give your kids, I don't know, something to rely on. But it's just, uh, I'm so conflicted on how to feel yeah. about it, like keeping shit in the family business, so to speak. There's a guy at my workplace, and I work for a big company, so it's not a, exactly a family business yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. 
Uh, but there's a guy talking to some cameras. I don't know what exactly they were there for, but talking about how he, uh, how he was like a fourth generation, you know, employee at that company that like his great grandpa worked there. And he's like, and my kid's going to probably work here too. I'm like that. I don't, I don't see how that's like wholesome. Yeah. Like you're, you're like in my kid's life, my kid's work path for, you know, the first 80 years of his life or dictated for him already. I mean, of course he can go do whatever, but just like that you have the expectation that your kid just go work like this specific desk job for this specific company. Cause yeah. your family has for a while. Like it, it's just kind of a weird thing to uh, impose on a kid, I guess. It's the classic pressure on your son and that, <laughs> and then he runs away for a couple of years. It's funny what uh, the the son of the owner or whatever who's like in charge of my area. Uh, he was going to be a, a police officer, and then he's like, "Never mind. <laughs> now I'm here. Need me at the the family shtick. So here I am." And it's also kind of the case at like farms. Like in in farms, I'd rather it kind of stay in the family just because uh, when you grow up on the land. You retain a lot of stuff that you don't think you retain, like how where the water is, when how much mm. it like if a creek dries up, you at least knew there was a creek there and then you'll have some idea of like the waterways or blah 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 blah. And there's a bunch of shit, you know what I mean? Obviously you can tell I lived on a farm. Uh I didn't know you lived on a farm. I never know. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived in the fucking city the whole life. Oh gotcha. I'm done. Kind, kind of a bit of a detriment. <laughs> Sarcasm's honestly. lost on me, I guess. It's all right. I'm autistic too, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but that's something I kind of want to do is move out and live on a farm. Or at least like like 20 minutes away from the city. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to live on a farm. I'd love to like, I'd love to take over a farmhouse and then <laughs> like have other people work the land. You know yeah. what I mean? Is that sharecropping? <laughs> uh, I believe that's called a plantation. <laughs> a plantation. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, let's go yeah, back. No. Sharecropping would be about that, and then they get, like, a cut of the crop. Like, yeah. they, they're basically renting your land from you in exchange for, you know, they give you a cut. I'd fucking uh, love to do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jay lives out uh, in Blair, right? So we'll take, we'll drive out there. It's, like, 30 minutes away. Yeah. And, like, sometimes we'll take the, sometimes we'll take the highway if we want to get there in, like, 30 minutes. Sometimes we'll take this uh, back road, and it's more of, like, a 45-minute jaunt. But there's trees over the road, like the whole Ooh. way. It's beautiful. Is it it's gravel? A, absolutely no. Okay. It's like a paved road, and then there's like houses with their fields of like corn or wheat or whatever the fuck they're growing. And I'm like, I'd love to live there. I'd love <laughs> to live there. I'd hate to wake up at five and go get the chickens, but you know what? Yep. <laughs> Maybe I'd fucking do it if I lived out here. I don't know. Yeah, Plus, I'd... I want I want more room for live as well. My dog, but apartment for now i guess that's fair enough we just have two cats so on the on the pet front they're doing all right in an apartment yeah no i i grew up or i didn't grow up i lived in lincoln till i was like nine and then for briefly like a year and a half we lived in a on an acreage like 15 minutes outside of lincoln just like the exact kind of scenario you were talking about it was like five acres uh we had a barn and like trees in the back that you know you could go run and play in like it wasn't like, it obviously wasn't, like, a forest. It's, like, a little acreage. But when you're 10 years old, it feels like It might as huge. well be a forest, yeah. yeah. Like, you know where a couple things are, but you don't... You look around in the trees, and you're not, like, totally confident, like, all your surroundings at every given time. I knew where the fort was back in the trees. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I could reliably get to. And then I knew where the sewage was and where to avoid, but... Nice. And then uh, 
my wife's from way out west, uh, like six hours west of here. Um, and so her family still has um, the property that her great-grandparents homesteaded on back in the day. Really? So, yeah, like turn of the century, like late 1800s. Um, during the, uh, I think in Nebraska it's the Kincaid Act, but like Homestead Act type stuff. Yeah. Uh, they got their free land out there, and it's all sand hills, like nothing, no good for farming. Like you can, they've managed to garden out there a good bit, a decent bit, but uh, it's all like grazing cattle and stuff, and they don't have anything like that, but they've got, you know, a few dozen acres out there in the middle of nowhere. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's nice going out there. It's like, on one hand, it's boring because there's nothing around, you know? Yeah. Like, but then on the other hand, just like, it's so weird. Just the presence of being there versus like being in Omaha, like in the city, everything just feels so much faster. Whereas you're out there, especially if you've got like time off work, like it's just so leisurely. Like even when I'm breathe. working, yeah, yeah, like you just feel like you have so much time to yourself just because of the atmosphere. Like all other, you could do the exact same thing two days, you know, stay inside the whole day, do the same thing way out West, do the same thing in your apartment in Omaha. But it feels a lot more leisurely to do it when there's not, you know, a bustling city around you. Oh yeah, that's the uh, kind of the set and setting ideology right there. I was, uh, I had my brother on one of the earlier podcasts, my older brother who's in prison, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been moved around a couple times in uh, his Minnesota spot. But at the place that he's at now, they don't have fences; they have ankle monitors. And they're kind of in the middle of nowhere. So they're like, yeah, you can go. And, like, sure, you try to run away. You know, we'll track on the ankle monitor. (laughs) If you take it off, I mean, you got 30 miles to run to see if you can fucking find anything. And (laughs) everybody, where he's at right now, it's minimum. So they're not, like, big, I don't know. The scary thug gang members aren't exactly in there, not counting him. Not saying he's a scary (laughs) gang member, but he was on some shit. I'll tell you what. He is in prison. Will I learn if I watch the podcast with but, him? Uh, yeah, actually, you will. I might have to. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. I like it. But what sucks is, like, obviously I couldn't get him in the closet to talk to him, right? So I, I was just wondering. Had, I had it, him just on speakerphone, like, right next to me, <laughs> next to the mic. So, But it picked it up pretty well. That's picked, funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's a goof. You ever seen or been to a prison? Like, in person? Oh, yeah. Uh, out... You know, where I went to high school, uh, the town that we always went to, drove to, like, for fun every weekend, 15 minutes away, because my town was 1,100 people. Yeah. You drive 15 minutes, and you got 11,000 people, so then at least you got, like, a Walmart to wander around aimlessly and a McDonald's to eat at, but <laughs> that's literally about the only difference. Didn't stop us from driving down there every weekend, but uh, the state women's prison is there. That's in York. Oh, so, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I forget you know the, yeah. the, the towns I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the women's prison's there. So there's a there's a lake out there. So we drive past it like all the time. Uh, my mom used to work out there. It's kind of surreal, man. I was really into The Walking Dead. <laughs> so then, uh, like, I read all the comics when I started uh, seeing the show come out on AMC. And then so I was balls deep into that when that was going on too. And the prison arc is like the best arc of the whole show. Don't know if you've watched much of it at all. I watched the pilot. But uh, damn, great pilot. <laughs> But, uh, so I was, like, fascinated with prisons because I always thought of them as, like, a fortress. Because really, like, in an apocalypse scenario, I mean, hell, even in New Vegas, there's, uh, who is it? The, uh, the Exploder guys. It's, um. I haven't talked to them. The Boomers? Oh, it's not the Boomers. It's, like, the, 
Gunpowder. Oh, yeah, Powder Gangers. Powder Gangers. Yeah, there Powder we go. Gangers. They're in the NCR prison, or they run it or whatever. But uh, I was fascinated by that. And I hadn't been out to uh, a prison before. I had gone and seen my older brother at, like, I want to call it a group home, but it wasn't really a group home. It was more like a detention center, hmm. I guess. Uh, and that was one thing. But going... Uh, me and Jay, we went on a fishing trip up to Minnesota with her grandparents. And while we were out there, my older brother locked up in Minnesota. I was like, might as well see if we can go visit him. <laughs> so we fill out the paperwork, go in, uh, and we go to the prison. We're outside the big ass fucking like 40 foot high wire gates with the barbed wire on top. We got to go into the facility. Long story short, we wait 30 minutes, and they gave us the wrong paperwork to sign. So they are like, nope, you can't get in. Hell yeah. Like, Great. <laughs> I love that. So went out of the way for fucking nothing. But being at a prison itself is kind of fucking surreal. And then thinking about that without walls, I don't know. It's just wild. Yeah. I haven't been inside one or anything like that. But You ever been to jail? Nope. No? You ever know anybody who goes to jail? Uh, like tangentially, like I know of them. I none of like my friends or anything. I've never like, I don't have anyone in my life that I could like ask about. You know what's prison? I guess yeah. My mom worked at one, so there you go. Yeah, that's that's the best I'd have. And so I've heard stories, but I don't know nothing from like what you're talking about. Kind of the perspective of awe, like walking into one or yeah. I, it's a different thing. Jay's uh brother is actually a, a CO, so he's he's. He's a fucking big dude. Like yeah. you look at him, and you're like, "Oh, you're a linebacker, aren't you?" And he's like, "Nah, but what's your next guess?" <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, okay, I got it." And he's telling me some wild shit about how like there's been a riot or two that has happened, and he's been like swarmed on by a bunch of guys. And there's been times when they're like, "You listen, you're green lighted for anything. Just make sure that you're safe." And like by anything, they mean like you can kill a motherfucker yep. in there if they're coming at you or. And then I wonder, like, what if you just abuse that power? What if yeah. you're a sadistic individual and you're like, haha, fuck you, power play, power play, and you just kill a man? Probably a lot more of them than you'd like to believe. Oh, I guarantee, <laughs> yeah. Cause, I mean, like, who signs up for that job? You know, no kid is like, I want to grow up and be a corrections officer. They say, they say cop, if anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be a policeman or a fireman. And then they're like, haha, well, I can get a weapon? And have a power complex? <laughs> Say less. Let's go. That's kind of the ethos of it. Uh, those who deserve power won't seek it, and those who seek power don't deserve it, or oh, something yeah. like that. But, Classic. Uh, the person who really doesn't want to be president probably should yep. be president. Yeah. I don't know. That shit's interesting. It is. You know anybody... Uh, you know anybody in the military? Not in like my immediate family, like no yeah. cousins or close friends of mine. But yeah, I don't know. I'm from a small town. Like my graduating class is 40 people. So fair. Yeah, if yeah, I don't have any cousins fair. that do it, and like none of the people I was close with in high school do it, like yeah, like people from my high school went to the military. People from my high school went to jail. Like I wasn't friends with them, yeah, that's but fair. I know them. I gotcha. I uh. We had this buddy named Ben uh, in the Discord group, and he lived out in Texas because he was stationed out there. Or I think he lived out there, but then he joined the military. And uh, 
he got like delayed for a bit because he didn't want to take the vaccine. But then like (laughs) after like I think a year, I think after a year he took it. Uh, like he got it because he was like, "Fuck it, why not?" But I saw in his story the other day. First off, I saw his uh, I want to call him barracks, but he's not stationed, so it's basically like a dorm. I think it's still barracks. And he's uh probably, and he's got like like waifu posters on the yeah. wall and shit. <laughs> and I'm like, this is our military. But uh, uh, I saw on his story that there was like the Biden femboy military. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In full display, bro. I can't in Texas of all places, but uh, I saw in his story that uh, he had like an alarm flashing in his room, and uh, there's a loudspeaker going. Uh, warning: There's been uh, a dangerous chemical leak. Uh, get a, close all windows and doors. Get as far inside as you can. Warning: There's been a dangerous chemical <laughs> leak. Close, and I was like. You know, I've had a fire alarm. I've had a tornado alarm. I've I've done uh, shooter like drills. I don't know what the fuck to do <laughs> if like a dirty bomb gets lit off fucking outside. What the fuck am I gonna do? I was like, damn, he's kind of just pinned between a fucking rock and a hard place. Try to get out of there. You're gonna see all the other Biden's femboy military <laughs> running out. Oh god. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Shit's wild. All right, let me run a quick little topic off the wheel here. Yeah, you reminded me of something in that conversation, but I completely forgot what it was, so. All good. Have you ever broken a bone? I've broken several bones. Uh, up oh, until... I know you broke, you broke your collarbone. I remember yep. you telling me about that. Yep. Up until seventh grade, which isn't very far to make it, uh, you know, I was always one of the people like, oh, I've never broken a bone. <laughs> And then I broke uh broke the growth plate in my thumb playing football. So theoretically, I think one of my thumbs is supposed to maybe be smaller than the other one, but it's seventh grade. Like, are my hands really gonna get any bigger? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I broke that playing football, and then right before like July of my eighth grade year, right before school started, uh, I broke my collarbone in a four wheeler accident. We were, my family was riding four wheelers on the Platte River. Uh, nice. It was really dry that year. Nice. And so me and my dad were hitting, the, like, what used to be sandbanks. So they stick up, you know, like six inches to a foot or so off the ground, just big bars of sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'd go hit those at, like, 20 miles an hour or whatever, and they'd pop the front wheels up, your back wheels hit them, and you could, like, jump them a little bit. And it was fun. Uh, and, and there's one that was bigger than all the others. So... Uh, naturally I decide I'm going to hit the big jump. And so I get a little extra speed. I'm probably going 30 miles an hour or so. And I hit it and the front wheels pop straight up and it, but it like completely stopped the four wheeler in its tracks. So the front wheels go straight up. My body just like crumples into the handlebars and stuff. Oh shit. And then, yeah, the four wheeler rolls over the bank, but it like, you know, all my momentum, the front wheel shoots straight up. I crush yeah, into the front stopped. of it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then I fell, like rolled off the back of it, and I hit my elbow on the tail light as I went down. So I got a big scar there. It's old, so you can't oh, see I it all that yeah, much. Yeah, but I see but the discoloration. Yeah, it was very visible for a long time. And then I, uh, and then I landed on my head. And had I not been wearing a helmet, uh, maybe initial impact notwithstanding, but had I not been wearing a helmet, I would have hit my, you know, fallen backwards off the four wheeler, hit my head on the sand, and probably been okay. Uh, but I was wearing a helmet. So I land on the left side of my head, and it pushes the right side of the, like, jaw of the helmet into my collarbone. And so, and they know Uh, it was that, because most collarbone breaks 
or towards the outside and they break outwards and mine was towards the inside and it broke inwards. Ooh. So yeah, they were worried about like my neck being broken and stuff. They put me in a neck brace like just in case before they x-rayed me and everything. Um, but that one was terrible because for a broken collarbone, you know, you can't put like a cast over that. They yeah. just put you in a sling and like try not to move it for a month and it'll get better. <laughs> uh, so and then, then I you've, broke, you've broken that twice then? Because I haven't heard that story. I've broken my other collarbone uh, oh. as well. You have, there's two collar... I don't know anatomy. Okay, so yeah. I thought yeah. it was just connected. Nope. No? Nope. Okay, it's, so there's two? Yeah, they connect to your the top of your sternum. So your sternum okay. there, and then you got joints right here on your shoulders. Gotcha. And then they connect on the outside. Okay. But, yep, so I broke that one on my right four-wheeling, and I broke my left one uh, on my first day snowboarding, so... Yeah, that's the story you've heard, I'm sure. Yeah. You I had, hit a tree, right? Or? Nope. I had been uh had experienced longboarding for when I do that. Probably like at least eight years or so. I'd had a longboard and so I felt like fairly confident on like, you know, that stance of balance. And it was very hard. Like I fell a ton, you know, my first two runs down. And then I uh was getting pretty confident and then I did, you know, several runs down. I was doing blues and stuff on the slopes without Without falling at all. Yeah. And I was getting pretty confident, and then my family wanted to go on this black, and I'd been on it before on skis, uh, and it's really steep for a little bit, and then it's really, really, really flat for a long time. Uh, So it's a black going into a green, and so I didn't really want to do it, but they convinced me. Uh, because on on skis, if you start slowing down, you can just push yourself with your poles. Yeah. On a snowboard, you got to unstrap your feet and start walking. Yeah. So... I didn't want to do it, but I let my family convince me into it. And I hit the black part, didn't fall once, no problem. Uh, really proud of myself. First day snowboarding, I'm doing blacks, not okay. falling. Um, and then I'm going as straight as I, not as straight as I can, but like way too straight, trying to conserve all my speed on this flat part. And on a snowboard, you've got to be like kind of constantly turning. So you're like always on your toes or your heels. Yeah. Uh, but trying to conserve your speed, you don't want to turn that much. So I was riding too flat because I was not experienced enough to, you know, realize. And then I uh, I was going again probably 30 miles an hour and hooked my toe edge and just folded my body forwards into the ground right onto my left shoulder. And so then I tumble a little bit and I, like, get up to my – get myself pushed up to my knees and I go, like, try to put my hands up like I'm okay and I just can't lift my left arm. I'm like, oh. So I unzip my coat and slide my hand in there, and it's all sorts of messed up. Oh, no. I knew immediately. I'm like, yep. Damn, so, so you just, like, fell over, and that's when you broke it. Yep. Fuck. Yep, I was going pretty fast, not turning enough, and just caught an edge and folded down into the snow and tumbled. My dad comes and stops. Like, by the time he gets up to me and stops, I've already unzipped my coat, stuck my hand in, and realized. He's like, you okay? I'm like, I broke my collarbone. He's like, I'll go get ski patrol. And <laughs> not <just> again. Leaves. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just leaves and like awesome, or no, it's my mom actually. Yeah, so my mom pulls up, uh, doesn't have a very emotional response. She's like, I'll get a ski patrol, just leaves. I'm like, awesome. She's like, I'm finishing this run. <laughs> yeah, then my dad shows up, he's like, You okay? I'm like, I broke my collarbone, mom's getting them. And I was just so mad because it, it sucked so bad the first time breaking my collarbone in the sling. Um, just because like getting over that healing is terrible, and so yeah. I'm like, Oh, well. Like, now I'm not going sledding. I'm not, you know, just so much of, like, literally doing anything that I can't do anymore. Because it was, like, honestly, the worst part of breaking my collarbone the first time is, like, how much it just inhibits your everyday life for six weeks. Yeah. Because you can't get up from the couch without it hurting. Um, yeah, I gained 15 pounds and I broke my first collarbone. <laughs> 
but then the second one, I was just really upset thinking about uh, how terrible it was going to be to recover from that. And I started crying, not because I hurt, just because I was so pissed like, that I broke my collarbone. There goes my next two months. Exactly. Fuck. Uh, how old were you? That was freshman year of college, so it would have been like 19. Like 18, 19, gotcha. Um, but, yeah, and it was broken in two places. So it broke, like, kind of the outside went up, the inside went down. There's a little piece floating in the middle. Ooh. Um, was the other one more clean? I don't think either of them were pretty nice. Yeah. Well, I, I said two places. Yeah, broken two places, so into three pieces. Yeah. Um. But, and had it been, and so this is in Colorado, had it been poking out of my skin, this was on Christmas Eve, too, I hadn't established. <laughs> um, had it been poking out of my skin, uh, they would have sent me to Vail, uh, you know, medical hospital, like, immediately, which is, like, you know, the top uh, bone surgery place in the country. Like, that's where athletes go when oh, they shit, break really? their legs. Yeah. Okay. Um, had it been poking through the skin, they'd have sent me there to have surgery right away because you, you can't just let a bone be sticking out of your skin. Yeah. Uh, but because it was only in three pieces and not poking out of my skin, I got to go home over Christmas and wait seven days to have surgery on it. And then they plated it up. And honestly, recovering from that one was way better because they still put you in a sling for, you know, a couple weeks. But then at least, like, there's metal in there keeping it all together. Yeah. It's not, like, moving around every time you move a little bit. Like, even just sleeping the first time was awful. And and then I broke my pinky mountain biking. Uh, but that was fairly non-exciting. I was trying to do uh Yeah, comparatively, that's, <laughs> that's fucking nothing. That's like a stub toe. Yep. Yeah, I, I realized that was broken after, like, three days. I just still couldn't, didn't get any better at bending it. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a problem. God. So, went to the doctor, and they just said I had to tape it. But then I couldn't, I'd been doing a lot of climbing at the time, too. Uh, so then they're like, no more mountain biking, no more climbing for, you know, a month or two. So, yep. And that was right after the rock wall opened back up from COVID. So I, was, I went from climbing oh. four days a week. Yeah, most. So I broke my first collarbone in eighth grade, gained 15 pounds. And then I lost, you know, 20 pounds uh, when I had to start feeding myself. I just went like, I'm going to save as much money on groceries as I can. Oh, so yeah. I lost 20 pounds in one semester. <laughs> but That's that stir fry every day. Kinda. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Veggies, some rice. Uh, meat's expensive, so you don't get to eat a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. But maybe some frozen chicken breasts, if you want to spoil yourself. Eggs, that's <laughs> a good one. Cheese tortillas. But, uh, yeah, so, so then after that, then before COVID hit, I was climbing four days a week, best shave of my life probably, pretty easily. And then, then COVID hits, and they shut down the rock wall, and then they open the rock wall up again, and I break my pinky two days later. <laughs> God. And then, And then I you know, moved and haven't been as close to uh, campus and graduated, so I can't climb for free anymore. Yeah. So. So it was free while you were a student, huh? Yep. Fuck. Okay, because I, I went to UNO my freshman year of college, right? And I always, like, I, me and Ben had gotten a good gym routine going, so we were always at the Hyper. And uh, I'd always see that in the corner, and I'm like, oh, it looks like fun, but I'm not trying to pay, like, 20 bucks to... <laughs> climb for 10 minutes or so because I'm trying to get back to my apartment or yeah whatever mm. but damn okay missed opportunity I think it used to be that you had to rent shoes for like three bucks or whatever oh yeah but, yeah and then around the time I started they did away with that and now I own my own shoes so now I think 
for the general public, I think it's only seven bucks, but it's like an extra five to rent shoes or something. Okay. So it's, it's like it's for still the day, not crazy. probably. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, but you're gonna have a hard time climbing for more than an hour, so if you're not yeah. used to it, like your muscles are gonna give out. <laughs> it's it's kind of ridiculous. Like once your grip starts going, like you can't do anything. Oh yeah. And if you're if you don't climb at all, and if you're not already in pretty good shape, like you'll probably get burnt out in 20 minutes of like solid climbing. Yeah. Uh, I could usually do like an hour, an hour and a half of you know like somewhat leisurely climbing. It's not like you're Attempt after attempt after attempt, you'll sit for five minutes between them, let your arms cool out. But yeah, check your phone or whatever. Check your phone, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Free Solo? I have. Yeah, Alex Honnold dude, climbing. Uh, that cap had me gripping my damn chair, dude. Oh my god, fucking no harness. Yeah, I, he had chalk though. I'm yep. pretty sure, just chalk climbing the fucking. Pretty sure that's the tallest in uh, Yellowstone. I think so. Yeah. I uh, I went to Yellowstone. I've I've seen. El Capitan. <laughs> I tried to get uh, right up next to it because we were. Um, it was when me, Matt, and our buddy Michael Kennedy, we did a two week uh, road trip to hit a bunch of uh, national parks. And so Yellowstone was obviously on the mm-hmm. list. Uh, and we had, I think we were there overnight, but we got there like 8 p.m. And then we were going to leave the next day at like 3. So we didn't have a ton of time to go hiking because we had to get like the campsite set up and yeah. uh, can't go hiking when it's dark. So. Uh, but we went off course and started climbing like what I can just describe as like a rock slide that had mm-hmm. happened. So we're just literally just climbing up boulders. And uh, the size of that fucking mountain, dude, that thing's insane. Like, I don't know. I uh, Living in Nebraska, obviously we don't have any, any pillars in the sky. Any other, hills. Other than, yeah, any <laughs> hills. Uh, and so then like when you finally see the mountains, it's like, oh, thank God. And usually we'll see, like, the Rockies over in Colorado because those are, like, the closest mm-hmm. or whatever. But uh, when you get to, like, like the Grand Tetons, like, the big shit, it's just otherworldly. We were also on Mount Rainier, and that was wild because we climbed up this mountain on this path. And we're in, like, we're in, like, maybe I had joggers on and, like, a light jacket. And then there's a... Uh, the other guys are dressed just the same, and then there's, like, a family behind us, and they're in, like, parka. They got the walking sticks that are, like, ski sticks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all prepped because they're going balls deep. We were not prepared for this. I, uh, Funny enough, I'm my work shoes are the shoes that I was wearing climbing this fucking mountain. But uh, so we, like, we get to, like, some peak or some crest or whatever, and we're taking a moment to chill, and that family, like, starts to... We had gotten some ground on them, and they start to uh, come back. And I hear the dad go, oh, wait, look, look, there it is. There's uh, there's Mount Rainier, and he points off in the distance, and the fucking clouds move. I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is Mount Rainier. The clouds move, and it's like Mount Olympus shining above <laughs> us all. And I'm like, that's the fucking mountain? We're not even on it? No. <laughs> like, you got to go through the mountain range to get to the mountain. What the fuck is that about? I don't know. It's wild. I, I'm so glad I took that trip because, uh, I don't know, it just opened my opened my eyes to yeah. more of the world. I got a buddy out in London, and I'm trying to go, trying to plan a trip to go see him sometime next year because I'd love to. I've been to Germany, and that was for like a, like a school thing, kinda. Uh, but I'd love to go just like on my own accord and have, have like a light plan scheduled. Not like 
I'm being watched and chaperoned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it'd be nice. Biggest thing, and maybe you'd have an easier time with it than me, is just getting the time off for that. Because even like if you've yeah. got somewhere to stay, like you got the price of plane tickets, you can stay in a hostel. Like you could go to Europe for a long time for not that expensive, but oh, yeah. you'd have to already have the money saved up. You'd have to not be risking, you know, your future economic acti- economic opportunities to go. Yep. Like if you only have so much time off, or you, you know, if you just went to your boss, like, hey, can I take a month off to go backpack around Europe? Like. A lot of them are probably just going to tell you to piss off. Yeah. If they don't have established, you know, you get X amount of paid time off or whatever. Um, it's a big issue. Have you but been out of the country? I've been to Canada. Yeah? <laughs> Barely. To Niagara Falls. Um, Niagara Falls is in Canada? Yeah. Well, Niagara Falls is right on the border between Canada and New York. I'm really? Sure, yeah. It's in New York. I never am now realizing I have absolutely no idea where the fuck Niagara Falls yep, is. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's been so long. I don't. I'm not gonna try to guess the name of the Great Lake because I couldn't yeah. tell you. It's one of the Eastern Great Lakes, if not the most Eastern. Okay. And uh, so it's the river that divides the U.S. and Canada, uh, gotcha. that it's on. Gotcha. So there's there's the American side and there's the Canadian side of of the falls. The Canadian side's the cool one. Yeah. Um. Uh, it just is like the big horseshoe part like all the ferry tours and stuff is the Canadian side all Canadian side there's I don't know what there is for tourist attractions on the American side like there's you know there's a lookout point Uh, but yeah my family went there I've been twice actually once I was like really really little Uh, I think my family was just out in New York to visit a friend or something like hey let's make a little jaunt up to Niagara Falls Uh, but I don't remember that one and then when I was probably like 12 or so we went, and it was right before they used to not require passports uh, to go to Canada for children, at least. Like, you could oh, bring yeah. your birth certificate, and that was good enough. Really? Yep. Okay. So we were we had some relatives, you know, within driving distance of Niagara Falls in, uh, in Ohio. So we went and visited them, and then we're like, well, like, if they're going to start requiring passports, you know, my parents have four kids, so that's going to be a few hundred bucks yeah. just to cross the border. So yeah. let's do it now. So, yep, that's that's the only time I've uh, meaningfully been out of the country. I've traveled around a good bit. Uh, I'm privileged in that regard. So we always, uh, my parents bought an older RV at one point. And so we took, you know, a trip to the East Coast for a few weeks, a trip to the West West Coast. So, cool. Yeah, we. I remember we've talked a bit about, have you been to Crater Lake? Yes, I've yeah, been to Crater Lake. One of the Lake. cooler places. Absolutely. <laughs> top three on my list of national parks I've ever visited. Yep. Probably tied number one with... Uh, Glacier? Glacier, yeah. I'd honestly put it there. And I'm sad we missed Zion, because now I see like clips of people going through there, because uh, we were just... We just wanted to get fucking home. We were like eight days on the road, literally driving eight hours a day, twice a day on average. Like, fuck all of this. I'm trying to get back to my bed and my dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we ultimately decided to skip Zion and Arches in Utah. And such a fucking missed opportunity. But now I can go with Jay because Jay's, like, obsessed with him. But Crater Lake is – I got my favorite picture of that trip in Crater Lake. And it's uh, it's my buddy Michael Kennedy sitting on, like, a cliff edge overlooking the – For those who don't know, Crater Lake is basically, like, a, a circular – set of mountains and then it all just goes into a bowl in the middle where another little mountain peeks out and like some glacier was there that melted so now it's just a lake 
in the middle of a ring of mountains. It's so beautiful. It's it's so beautiful. The water's ridiculously clean. I think there's a plaque uh, out in the middle of it that you can take a ferry out, and then they'll like stop for ten minutes and let the wa- the ripples settle, and you can read like the plaque from this naval vessel like a hundred. 50 feet down or something really because yeah because it's just that clean you can you can read it there's also you can do some cliff jumping there and all the water's 50 degrees so we did that when we went oh, fuck. uh it is awful like <laughs> it, you hit the water like all the air rushes out of your lungs just from the cold and then like it can be warm out but the water is gonna be 50 Always degrees cold. no matter what yeah. so you're shivering when you get out of the water three <laughs> minutes later you're all better that's awesome. See, we all we stayed around the ridge line because like we just kept moving and kept moving. So I didn't get to go down and see the water and yeah. all that. Did you go? Did you go out to the little? We did not. We didn't do the there? ferry or Damn. none of that. Nope. We did, we did some hiking. We did the went to the cliff jumping spot. And some there's like the little cliffs, you know, that are like twenty, thirty feet tall. You can jump off of, and then uh, that that's where everyone's actually jumping, and yeah. then. There's some kid that climbed up, not on a trail or anything, just climbed up some, you know, 50, 70 foot thing and like, jumped off. The yeah. He, he throws one of his flip flops, like test the waters as if that's going to tell him <laughs> anything helpful. Like, Oh, well my flip flops fine. So I'm sure there aren't rocks at the bottom, yeah. uh, but he did end up jumping and like so many people there were just watching him nervously, but he's fine. But no, you mentioned, uh, your footwear in Yosemite, I yeah, think. Yeah, the wrong shoes, absolutely. We had been... So last year, in 2021, my family went to... Uh, and I went with them to Zion. Nice. Um, And we climbed Angel's Landing, if you're familiar. I'm not. You're not. No, I'm trying to keep it all until I get there. Oh, yeah? It's crazy. Um, I won't spoil too much about it, but it's it's a must. Um, 13 people have died there in the past, like, 20 years or something since, Fuck. yeah, I don't know exactly the time it's period. like a falling death? Or yeah. Like a, okay, yep. gotcha. Slip and fall. It's pretty, uh... Pretty steep? Yeah, it's understandable how you could do that, like... Gotcha, yeah. There's one part, like, at one point it's probably three feet across, and you've got, like, a little chain to hold on to, but, like, that's, but that's it. it. If yeah. you lose your footing or you're not holding onto the chain and you trip and you don't have great grip, like, you're dying. <laughs> But and it's so there's so many people there it's kind of ridiculous and now it's a, uh, it's I think really soon after we went there it's now ticketed so you have to like go and get entered into a raffle and they only allow so many people there a day just because really? it's so congested yeah that's fair it's quite the hike though I tracked it on my phone and it was like over two thousand feet just upwards of elevation gain. Um, but yeah you get to the top like you're holding on to this chain for dear life like shimming along. Uh, but there, there's a kid we saw up there in flip-flops. Damn, like, really? Oh, it was crazy. Like, you can't go up there without being nervous. Like, unless you have an unnatural, you know, lack of a fear of heights. Yeah. Like, you're going to be gripping pretty hard, like, all the time. <laughs> and this kid's, like, crawling on all fours wearing flip-flops. He's like, Dude's I did the, not bring the right shoes. The $2 Walmart <laughs> bin fucking flip-flops. He was all the way at the top, too. He wasn't, like, on his way. He was, like... <laughs> On the dome of it. Oh, God. <laughs> like, literally crawling. <laughs> That's awesome. But I think we would have heard about it if he died, so Godspeed. What I fucking hope so, yeah. <laughs> God. I was just remembering how we were climbing that uh, mountain in State Forest and I we saw those goats. <laughs> climbing up that rocky-ass fucking mountain, literally just clumps of rocks. Well, we were hiking uh, Thunder Pass, 
a pass between two mountains. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so we got up there, and we crested it, and it was very, very cool. Like, that was spectacular. That's oh, yeah. one of my top hiking moments for sure. Does it a state park? Oh, yeah. Like, you go crest that, and then you've got, like, a whole new mountain line to look. Like, all the weather is beautiful. And then we decide, like, oh, you know, it's just a few hundred feet up to climb this very steep, rocky face up to the top of this. Like, that ought to be cool. Fuck it, let's We're do already it. here, yeah. Yeah. Is it really going to make you that much more tired? But it took us so long to climb not very far because of the elevation. <laughs> such a pain in the ass. <laughs> and then uh, we get up to, like, the first little crest on our journey up, and we sit down, eat some crackers, and whoever sees the goats up on the next peak watching us and we're like oh that's kind of neat and then we look away for five minutes eating crackers someone turns around like 30 feet from us just staring (laughs) oh man and that was one of the two places on the whole like 12 mile hike that we had cell service yeah Uh, and so i'm i'm sitting there as these two rams are like walking around us almost in circles and I'm, like, Googling how to deal with RAM. <laughs> if any of you are ever in a situation where you have to know how to deal with a RAM, you dodge it if it charges. And if it keeps charging, you grab it by the horns and wrestle it to the ground. And then what do you do after you get it to the and ground? And then after you get it to the ground, you hope that you have successfully asserted your dominance. And I <laughs> guess let it go and... <laughs> that was always the question was like okay now you're on the ground with a fucking wild animal and we had the bear spray too so we're like yeah. at, at what point do we use the bear spray should we bear spray it and then wrestle it or wrestle it and then bear spray it if it doesn't work oh god thankfully we didn't have to deal with any of that the i got a good video of us walking down with the i think they're bighorn sheep is yeah. what i think they are uh, and Probably. they're like ushering us down the hill, like, yeah, get the fuck off my property. <laughs> God, that was so much fun. Good times. And then we went over the other side of the pass, like, because there was a uh, snow in the mountains, and Ben was so excited about it. Uh, and then when we were walking back up, there's like just a storm rolling in, like right over, <laughs> because o- we're between two mountains, so like all the clouds get funneled right there. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we cre- like crest over the pass, like you're just getting whipped in the face by winds and this cloud Torrential rolling in. Rain, yeah, it fucking... starts raining. <laughs> and so then we're like, do we start running back down the mountain to the parking lot, or do we go up and avoid the rain? And I I said we ought to have gone up, but. We ran, started running down. The rain cleared up pretty quick either yeah. way. It was fine, but was that was l- pretty spooky. It was hilarious, man, because we go, we go around the other side of the mountain to see the snow. We're like, haha, snow, July, mountains, <laughs> LOL. Go storm. back around, and it's like, hello, <laughs> storm coming in. God, that's so much fun. God says, fun. you weren't supposed to see the snow. Yeah. God, one thing that sticks out in my mind is that uh, when we got to the top of the we got to the top of the first mountains and we were checking our phones. Uh, er, on our way back, when we were checking our phone, Ben uh, was. It was when I was working at Gamers. Ben got like an ad for Gamers, and uh, all I could hear was my boss's fucking <laughs> voice going like, "Yeah, we have Xboxes and PS4s." And then my head clicked like. Oh, we're on our way back down the mountain to get back to the hotel, fall asleep, get in the car, head back, and you have to work in two days. <laughs> so then all I was thinking was, like, everything's over. Now it's now it just sucks again. And Ben triggered that so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Not his fault, but fuck, that pissed me off. 
That's fair enough. I I was in uh me and my wife spent a week living out of my parents Durango in Colorado. Oh yeah? Uh we, nice. yeah, we took the seats out of that and put a mattress in the back and like a shoe organizer full of like tools and nice. snacks. Um it was it was a great time and we were like I don't think we paid for a single campsite the whole time we were there. Like we just went around looking for like primitive, you know, free campsites. Mm-hmm. Uh it was honestly pretty sketchy a lot of the time, but uh, it was really fun. It was a blast. But, uh, crap, what did you just say? Ben hit the, Ben reminded me that I have to go oh, back yeah. to work. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, I had to deal with, um, signing up for like a new math class. Cause I had gotten like a D plus in a class I needed a C in cause I had a terrible professor. Uh, so then I'm scrambling to get into this class and you know, there's the sign up point. So I'm like way out in you know, by the Royal Gorge, like, on my phone, like, just sitting outside of the Durango, like, in a folding chair, like, on cellular internet, trying to get my classes figured out all frantically. God. But I got it figured out, and I got an A-plus in the in the, the second time I took uh, Calc 2, so nice. I, I am going to blame it entirely on the professor and say that I'm actually great at Calc 2. Well, if we got the A-plus, I mean, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I struggled in, uh, oh, is it World Civ? Yeah, in World Civ, because, like, the... I, I struggle with exact dates. I can tell you what happened roughly in the 1800s. I can't tell you what happened in 1846. Oh, yeah. You know I was I mean? terrible at that, too. So uh, when I had World Civ the first time, I had this lady uh, this lady who was teaching it, and she was straight out of Italy. So she had the thickest Italian accent I've ever fucking heard, and like all I could hear out of her mouth was just cannoli because I had no <laughs> idea what she was saying. No idea what she was saying. And so I, I got a D in that class, and I blame her for that. Uh, she was pretty interesting, though, because she said that her, like, claim to fame in, like, the history world was that uh, in the, her little village in Italy, there was a cathedral that she uh, – there's a cathedral that's been there since, like, 1400 or some shit. And it's named after, like, Prince Ivy or some shit. It's Prince Ivy's cathedral. Uh, and so she read up on whatever ancient – quote unquote ancient Italian language was spoken there. And uh, so she got permission to go into the records of the church uh, and like write out what the fuck they say so that we have it in in English or Italian, Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck. And so she was telling us how literally just writing on sheepskin, like she'd pull stuff out. And if she wasn't careful enough, it just fall to dust in her hands. (laughs) And uh, she found out going through all that paperwork that uh, even though the church was named after Saint whoever or King whoever, because uh, he donated like a thousand gold in 1480, like all of the peasants who donated to the cathedral donated like 3,200. So it easily should be named for the people. And I think <laughs> they renamed it. So that was her like claim to fame. Thought that was really cool. Sucked as a teacher though, because I couldn't understand a word this bitch was saying. <laughs> and then the next guy. Next day was cool because I respected him because uh, – not that I didn't respect the other lady. But uh, but I respected the hell out of this guy because he had the whole professor vibe. He is a white dude balding on the, on the top, kind of hair all, along the sides. He has the small glasses, and he's always kind of squinting and, like, rubbing his chin. He's like, yeah, well, the Mesopotamians, they went around and did – you know, I, I just knew it. But he was a stickler for dates, for exact <laughs> dates, and I was like – Everything you're telling me is super cool. I'm going to talk about it to my friends later, doing a horrible job explaining it, but I can't tell them for the life of me exactly when it happened. And so I butchered that class as well. 
So I'd like to blame the teachers for that. <laughs> That's fair enough. It's all their fault. Yeah, the the Italian one, the story about the Italian one kind of reminds me of a... Uh, it's almost like, well, the story about the church where the king, like, bought, you know, whatever, yeah. basically the naming rights to the church. Yeah. Is that that's almost what uh, Elon Musk did with Tesla, is that he didn't found it if he didn't know. Uh, some other people founded it, and so, like, the original Roadster, I'm pretty sure, was, like, designed and, like existed prior to Elon owning it. Really? Um, but he bought the company from them, and he bought the title of founder from them. So they're no longer allowed to call themselves really? the founders of Tesla. And Elon is, but he had nothing to do with the inception of the company. He just bought that, it. I didn't know that you could buy the title of founder. Yeah, well, it's just a label. Like, he basically just got him to sign a contract. Like, yeah, you are giving up the right to call yourself a founder, and I am gaining the right to call myself mm. a founder. So, yeah, it's kind of wacky, but it's not like founder is a legally protected term or anything. Like, you can sign, you know, you can contract that away, whatever you want. Yeah. But. Interesting. I yep. didn't know that at all. God. What do you think about uh, him getting Twitter? Do you use Twitter, first off? I do use Twitter. Not a bunch. I'm not very active on Twitter. Uh, I just have my personal Twitter account yeah. Um, that, you know, I probably only have like 40 followers or whatever, people from high school, you know. A few people I actually no, I get it. You have a dozen with, but... bot accounts that you're running. It's okay. I understand. <laughs> no, I was saying that I only have the one Twitter account, uh, yeah. but yeah, as opposed to some other accounts, I might have more than one of. But no, so I haven't. I'm not really active enough to have noticed a ton of it. I didn't. I couldn't believe that that uh, when I first saw things about how you could buy a blue check mark for eight bucks, yeah. I thought that was a joke. Yeah. Like, I thought I was under the impression that it was. People who are already verified can keep their verification status for $8 a month, like, as revenue for Twitter. But then it turned out that it was literally just, you pay $8, you can get a you blue get check, a mark check mark and make whatever name you want. Yep. So I assume you saw the, like, the few companies whose stocks tanked. Oh, yeah. The, I, I can't remember the name of it, but the insulin one. The insulin one. And then they had to retract it. Like, someone tweeted from a fake account of their name, insulin is now free, their stock price tanks, and yep. then they have to go out there and be like... I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, insulin is not actually it's free. Still insulin still three hundred percent markup. Yeah, <laughs> hundreds of dollars. And uh, we're just gonna keep it that way. We apologize. I think then, it's. I think it's funny that he uh, he proposed it at like a meme amount because I think it was like four point two billion. Forty four billion. I think forty. Yeah, and then like six hundred ninety million or something because oh, sixty nine. Oh, I see. Ha ha ha. Uh, and then they're like, sure. And then he tried to get out of it, and they're like, yep. you already signed, bitch. I was like, fuck. And then all the people like who think that it's some 40 chess, like, great, uh, that he's the savior of free speech. Yeah. Like, no, he, he came in here to, at, like, at best, it's, like, ego. Like, he wanted to own Twitter. He wanted, like, it's not an actual passion for, you know, he free wanted speech. The, he, he's going to buy the title of founder of free speech because <laughs> he bought fucking speech. Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen it kind of – I use Twitter every day because I'm a slave to my addictions and social media is one of them. Oh, but, and uh, Instagram is my bad one. I, I passively uh, check Twitter. I'm locked into Instagram. Yeah. Inst- I hate to say it, but I've also d- dove back into Facebook as well. <sighs> I, I abstained from Facebook for so long, and then I got it from Marketplace, and then it just sucked me back <laughs> in. But uh, I've seen – I don't know. Twitter's weird. I haven't really seen a major change, but I don't – the only thing I do on Twitter is, like, check my actual, like, feed. I don't go to, like, the Explore mm-hmm. or what would be yeah, the same. Explore page or anything like that. Like, I do fucking none of that. I just look at 
comedians jokes and then all the media like the the whatever news is going on i see yeah. that michael buble died or whoever the fuck you know what i mean but uh i don't know i don't i don't follow like celebrities mm-hmm. a lot on there if it's a celebrity i'd follow it'd probably be a comic you know what i mean my uh, my twitter is how i keep clued in to like a lot of tangential political things like there's a lot of people i follow on twitter that i don't listen to like anywhere else like i, I yeah. follow the YouTubers I watch and stuff. And then I, at one point I, and I'm still probably follow all of them, but I followed like the Steven Crowder, you know, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, like yeah. all the big conservative voices. Cause, uh, you know, prior to my, you know, big, uh, I don't know what to refer to it as my, uh, when you got into politics. Yeah. My, well, I was still like into politics, but my lefty becoming, I guess, um, I was like, you know, I really feel like everyone I watch is, you know, kind of a liberal or you yeah. know, on the left nominally. And so I'm like, I want to see like who has the good ideas on the right. And so I'm like, I'm going to follow every single one of them I can follow and see like which ones don't look stupid. Yeah. It's very, very few. Like some of them just can hide it for longer. And then you see a take and you see someone like dissect that take. Like a lot of the time you can just go to their replies on Twitter and it's like, okay, well Yeah. Yeah, that that's pretty easy to just debunk that stupid thing they tweeted. Oh yeah. I kinda did a similar thing where I was bored of seeing just a bunch of ads on Twitter. So I went through I went and followed like CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, The Young Turks, and then I went through and uh followed a bunch of uh universities like Cambridge, Yale, Harvard, Midland, a bunch of a bunch of them just because like that's what I'd like my feed to be is kind of not necessarily, but uh, more so than more of it than drama. yeah, just celebrity drama and just bullshit that I don't care about. Like I get shit about the Kardashians. You think I give a fuck <laughs> about the Kardashians? No. Yep. But like, if they just found a new frog in the Amazon that's been extinct, so they thought for a yeah. hundred years, I'd rather hear that than like you hear what Caitlyn did last week. Yep. Oh. <laughs> God. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you mentioned just like seeing uh, random celebrities and you talked about getting sucked back into Facebook. That was my motive for starting a uh, left wing meme page on Instagram Yeah. is that I found myself getting sucked into Facebook more. You know, just it's a outrage bait like it totally is the algorithms and everything. And, you know, like I'm from two hours west of Omaha. So, like, a lot of people I grew up with are pretty conservative, and, like, plenty of people in my Facebook circles, at least, are sharing, like, some kind of wacky right-wing stuff. Yeah. And so, like, there's just too much that I could see and engage with, you know, comment about. And there's one guy who, like, dated my cousin a long time ago, and I haven't seen him uh, in probably a decade or more, almost definitely more than a decade. Yeah. Like, it was way back. I don't know why we're even friends on Facebook. I probably didn't have it yet. (laughs) But, uh... I was arguing with him and his Facebook comments, and he's, like, super right-wing, super Christian. Um, and then some very, very anti-vax lady who, like, I I think she adds a lot of people. She's got thousands of Facebook friends, but just, like, tries to bring people to the light regarding vaccines, you know, yeah. how evil and terrible they are. Uh, but she thinks that that's her calling, that, like, God is calling on her to spread uh, information about vaccines. I'm like, okay, well, why don't you post about, like, seatbelts because that kills way more people than yeah. like just not wearing them. drunk driving yeah. yeah like any of these like actual things that are like way more of an issue rather than this one like very nuanced and divisive one that you know nothing about um but you know it's that rationale never works on that yeah. type of person but i she would share crazy stuff and she would like at me she would tag me to like come 
give my to opinion bait on you? it. Yeah. Oh well, man. And so I'd like talk to her and argue. Like I didn't. I say argue, but in you know more like the you dialectic your, sense. Your yeah. Retort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, intellectually arguing, not like oh uh, a debate. Not exactly. Yeah. More debate <laughs> than name throwing. But uh, I was just spending way too much time on Facebook. Like I'd get into such long comment threads, and she's so dense. And then one time I realized uh, she shared that for a vaccine trial, like that's someone involved in a vaccine trial for like early COVID vaccines in Brazil uh, had died. And she shared that with a big long caption about how dangerous the vaccines are and how everyone should avoid them. And I look into it and the person that died was someone involved in a vaccine trial in the placebo group. So they had developed this vaccine and they gave it to some people and they gave like sugar water to some other people, saline. And it was a guy that died of COVID while in the group that didn't get the COVID vaccine. So I'm like, if anything, like this makes the opposite point of what you're trying to argue. Yeah. <laughs> but And so I like pointed that out to her and it only took like three or four comments until I realized she knows this. She knew this the whole time. Like you look at her caption, like she knew that it wasn't the COVID vaccine that killed this guy. She knew he was in the placebo group. Like it's very carefully worded to not be technically false, yeah. but to give you the impression that this kid, person was killed by the COVID vaccine. And I'm, and so that's when I realized, I'm like, oh my God, like this woman's a lot more malicious than I had like given her credit for. And so then I realized that it's like this bad faith actor who like me arguing with her, like, yeah, Sure, I'm going to give, like, a good counterpoint, but the stuff she posts is already crazy that, like, anyone who would see the reason in what I'm saying on her page, like, already knows that she's bad that she's in great, yeah. So, but like, what, what you're I'm, doing is helping out her algorithm. Exactly. Like, all that I'm doing is getting her more people to see it on her feed because there's more engagement. Yep. And I'm giving her, like, more ammunition for, like, hey, look at what this fucking not Christian guy said. Look at what this... Look at this libtard. Yeah, Ugh. and it's not like she'd do that to make fun of me or anything. Like, she was more or less cordial the whole time. Yeah. But even still, like, all I'm doing is, like, adding to your narrative or whatever. Like, all I can't, nothing that I can say is going to have a positive impact on anybody. So I kind of realized that. I'm like, I'm wasting my time. But I r- like talking politics and everything. So I went and made that meme page, and I went and followed just, like, you know, hundreds of Trump pro-Trump pages and hundreds hundreds of all kinds of pages. Like, I followed just 10,000 pages, like, right off the bat and got a couple yeah. thousand followers back. Uh, so then I'm like, I can just shit post memes here and, you know, argue with people in the comments, argue with DMs. And so now, you know, I've got so many people to argue with, I can just, like, start ignoring. Like, if, if this person's really stupid or bad faith or, you know, not worth talking about, it's not nearly as... Like, now it's an audience of thousands of people and I can go comment on other people's stuff yeah. and it's not, like the people I have on Facebook sharing, like, the incredibly small-minded, you know, rural Nebraska conservative. Well, the thing about Facebook is that Facebook is, like, Facebook is the Internet for a lot of people because uh, in other countries, when you get your first smartphone, or I guess your only smartphone or so, uh, it typically, like, if you got a Yahweh phone, it would come with Facebook already installed on it. And so that was, like... And honestly, like Facebook kind of encompasses basically everything that you can do on the internet, except for go to other pages. Like you can get videos, you can get porn, you can get (laughs) jokes, you can look up people or places and find out about them. You can shop, you can date, you can do fucking everything on Facebook now. So uh, 
that openness leads its way to a lot of malicious uh, possibilities. So troll farms pop up, and uh, I've heard it on other podcasts, but they uh, someone I hate to say they found, but uh, <laughs> the Illuminati, yeah, exactly, uh, those people. But it was looked into, and like nineteen of the twenty top Facebook Christian sites were run in Russia that are likely Russian troll farms trying to just get people more riled up uh, about certain things that are polarizing, like the vaccine. Uh, and obviously, obviously being Christian is stereotyped, if we will, uh, to be more aligned on the right, like more people on the right are going to be Christian. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of uh, an American that's like Islamic, you're not like, oh, he's definitely conservative. You know what I mean? Odds are good. So odds are good, but but they know their uh, they know their target, they know their audience, and mm-hmm. so uh, I think social media is an incredible tool. But just as a hammer can build a house, it can kill a dozen people. You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a weird game we're playing. I feel like Twitter might die because of Elon, and something might take its place or incorporate it into itself, and. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm itching to kind of see what happens out of that. Yeah. I don't know. I can't ever see myself kind of dipping into something new, but then again, give it 10 years. Who knows? I wonder when YouTube will die, if it ever will. Yeah. Like, YouTube is <laughs> the video platform, but, like, I don't know. Kind of like how Netflix was the streaming platform, but now they're kind of, eh. Yeah. It's hard to imagine YouTube going down without like some pretty terrible management decisions, like because yeah. they've got the, like a good uh, ad service, you know, already going. I mean, there's been, I think they've dubbed it the ad apocalypse, where just a bunch of advertisers are pulling out their content from whatever for yeah. because of some big controversy. I think one of the times was Logan Paul's Suicide Forest video. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but stuff like that causes a lot of turmoil with advertisers and stuff. But I don't think. You know, I doubt they'd be that quick to go to some other identical platform online. Um, Nothing compares. Yeah. Like, there's Vimeo, but, like, who the fuck uses Vimeo? Well, and once you have all the storage and, like, all the free features with the AdSense and, like, like they've already got the business model very established that, like, Google can afford, because Google does YouTube, uh, like, Google can afford to manage the server farms. They can afford to take a loss for a bit if they have to. Like, I mean, what, if Amazon wanted to get in on that market, like, yeah, they've got the startup capital to do it and everything, but like they don't have the market share. They just yeah. have to. You, it would take another media giant, you know, tech giant like that, to come in and like start at a loss and get a bunch of people on board until they were, you know, at least sustainable, if not pretty competitive. Yeah. But I mean, Amazon has Twitch, and that does pretty all right. Oh shit! Amazon does have Twitch, doesn't they? Yep. Okay. You get a, for anyone who doesn't know, if you have Amazon Prime and you have any uh, friends or anyone who streams on Twitch, you get a free Twitch subscription uh, with Amazon Prime. For real? Yeah, if you watch somebody, I think you have to do it manually every week. So it's like $5 to subscribe to, like, per creator normally. Not every week, every month. Um, So normally you would set it to, like, a $5 recurring payment to this this streamer. Yeah. but you can set it to, like, your one freebie to this guy. Yep. And then you got to redo that every month. You have to redo it every month. So you oh, can't set it right. to be recurring, just do my Prime subscription to this. But if you regularly watch someone, you have Amazon Prime. Uh, Does you can that Google pay that them? Me. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you could probably scheme it up a little bit to just have, like, one You know friend. exactly yeah. where my head was going. <laughs> I was like, huh, how many fake accounts could I make with an Amazon Prime trial? And will that... I don't know. <laughs> 
I'm out here scheming on these mega corps, bro. Yep. I've got I've got one of those uh one of those schemes that one of my friends came up with uh, that I don't think I should share on your podcast. But Fair. they already overshared it once to just too many high school friends in the same college, and then it got out and almost ever like uh, so many like pro- it had to have been hundreds of people at UNL doing this scam yeah. on uh, a restaurant. But <laughs> oh, not a restaurant. Oh god. Yep, a chain restaurant. It's no mom and pop. So, but okay, gotcha. it's a it's a bit more agreeable, I guess. Well, Bailey, this has been awesome. Thank you. I love talking to you. I love talking you, to you. You're a smart guy. I love picking your brain, and you've got I don't know great points and good stories. Thank you. So, we'll call it here. Is there a I don't know anything you want to say to the folks if you want them to get a hold of you or anything you want to plug. Uh, if you want to know more about that uh, meme page or my politics or anything, Mike can put you in touch with me. Um, perfectly fine by me. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, hit me up before you vote for any Republicans, and I'll do my best to talk you out of it. Not that the Democrats are that great. Maybe we can get into the you know more politics some other time. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it, and thank you, Bailey. Hell Anytime. Yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. That's fun. Right? Thank you very much for listening, guys. This has been episode 13 of Kicking Shits with my boy Bailey. Shout out, Bailey. Thank you very much for coming on here. That was a great time. I hope you had a great time. Uh, and now we're at the back end of the episode, so you know what time that is. It's time for the Omaha Artist Spotlight. However, uh, I actually asked Bailey if he had an artist that he wanted to give a shout out to, and he decided to shout out his boy Jackal. And technically, Jackal's in Lincoln and not Omaha, but we're going to let it pass this time. Uh, especially because Jackal puts out some fire shit. And uh, I'd go on and on about it, but I'm just going to let him uh, make his piece. Hey yo, it's Jackal, and you've been listening to Kickin' Shits with Mike. You're currently vibing to my track Opalesque from my newest album, Friends, which was released November 14th. You can stream Friends, as well as all my other EPs, on Spotify and most other platforms, so go ahead and give it a listen. If you like it, I'd appreciate a follow on Instagram at jackal.official. That's J-A-K-A-L period official. A big thanks to Bailey, who's been a close friend of mine. I mean, we've made music together. We've made movies together. Um, It's really cool that uh, you'd suggest my name to Mike. And thank you, Mike, for giving me a listen, giving me some feedback on my music, and then allowing me to share tunes with... Um, your podcast listeners that that means a whole lot and i really think it's cool that you're um, supporting local artists in nebraska Um, so keep doing what you're doing man 